Welcome to J is for Justice podcast. If live breaking news and following true crime is your thing, then please consider subscribing to my channel. And if you like what you see in my videos, please consider giving them a thumbs up.
Okay, let's see. Okay, you can hear me through my computer mic. What's going on, Megan? Megan, it's it's always when you're here with bells on that this happens. Hey, Matt. Hey, Crystal. I am trying, or Krista, sorry, trying to get my mic to work. What the fuck? What the fucking hell is going on? How about now? Ah, I see. My little plugger for my mic looks like it's loose. The, the other end of the USB cord, it's loose and I had to fiddle with it. I'm so sorry. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, we should be good now. Welcome to J is for Justice. We are going to be going over day four of Barry's prelim. And before I get started, today is a very special day. And I want to give a special happy birthday to my son, Ryan. He is 23 today. So I doubt he's listening right now. But if by chance he hears this, happy birthday, Ryan. And I love you. So let's move forward with the preliminary hearing day four. Let's see if the prosecution brought something bigger than what we've seen in the past three days because on monday we had the 22 caliber caliber bullet in the bed we had the cap to the um tranquilizer bullet or whatever the heck it was in the dryer with one of the daughter's sheets but the cap didn't have barry's dna on it Sister knives? Yes, I think there'll be a trial. I do. I don't think it takes much for them to, you know, bind them over for trial. But when it's actually in trial, mm, I don't know. That would be interesting if, I mean, they don't have, they're not bringing out their big guns right now. But, I mean, they have to bring out something. And what have they brought out? Other than him, you know, dropping some trash. At five different locations, but that doesn't make you a murderer. He said he's cheap. What else do you have? His DNA is not on the surveillance um, cord. His DNA is not on the helmet. I mean, he could have been wearing gloves, but I'm just saying, like, what do they have? His DNA is not on anything. They have no DNA evidence on Barry. And I heard last night, what was it I was watching? Something on court TV. And they were going back to the beginning and showing like Barry's video where he was pleading for her, you know, pleading for her to come home and blah, blah, blah. Um, God, something weird just popped in my head when I brought up that video. Never thought of it from this perspective. What if when he made that video, a lot of people are talking this gone girl theory, okay? I, 
I want to talk about it all because I think this case right now is absolutely fascinating to everybody. Everybody's fascinated by it. But what if that was the case? Okay, just purely speculating. And his plea was legit, like that hundred thousand or whatever it was. I think it was a hundred grand that he thought maybe she was in another country or something. I don't know. It's just so weird. It's so weird the divide that was going on at that time between the families. And at that time I thought that he was the the cheater, that he had been cheating and you know, doing all this stuff. And that's why the families were so divided. But he wasn't. They have no proof that he cheated. It's just nuts. Yeah, and I think it's a safe theory too, Sister Knives, in like this world where we, it's everybody, you know, it's the worst outcome and you know especially going through the the valo case i mean that was that was the worst possible outcome for those children i mean the worst it couldn't have ended any worse so i mean i know a lot of people are getting upset with people that talk about the gone girl theory but keep that in mind that's a good point we never get like these endings usually where someone is alive after all this time so i guess it's a safe theory to think about so haunted mage i i hope you're i'm saying your name right um i am going i got your email again and i'm going to email you back i just have some questions um for you to answer and if you could do that and just send them back to me i will send those th ugh, through to you today i don't want you to think i'm ignoring you all right so let's start with johnny grusing being on the stand and being questioned by defense attorney drew nielsen the initial discussion of the day surrounded Barry turning west left on Highway 50 in the early morning of Sunday, May 10th, 2020, the last day Suzanne was heard from again. Nielsen told the court there was no GPS evidence to show Barry turned left west. Grusing agreed. Nielsen also said there was no blood, no body, or anything else related to Suzanne, where he turned his truck around at the Garfield Mine. Grusing agreed. I remember Barry said he saw a herd of elk that he followed. The discussion then turned to more details about Barry's location based on cell phone data. At around 2.47 p.m. on May 10th, Barry's phone went into airplane mode. Nielsen said when Grusing asked about Barry's phone switching to airplane mode, Barry responded with, no, no, no. If it happened, it was probably an accident. Regarding a conversation surrounding immunity, which Barry allegedly asked investigators about, Nielsen told the court Barry had watched YouTube videos in which people suggested he not talk because anything he said could be used against him. Guys, can't wait to see what YouTube videos he watched. 
Because if this goes to trial, we're going to find out. We're going to find out if he was following the Chris Watts case. Mind you, there's other, 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 other tons of other videos out there about not talking and things being used against you and advice on all of that. But wouldn't it be a twist if he was following the Chris Watts case and watching those videos? Hi, daffodils. Good morning. What if one of them is mine? I don't really have any videos, though, about... I mean, it could have it could have brought him to mind if he was looking at Chris Watts, but I feel like he was looking at more like the... maybe the interrogation and how that interrogation went down and how they got Chris to admit... Or not admit. Well, admit somewhat and then plea out. Thanks, Candy. I appreciate that. I did just start, Martha. We just started. So we're just talking about a conversation that Barry had with investigators around surrounding immunity for Barry. And that <laughs> he told the court that he watched YouTube videos in which people suggested he not talk because anything that he said could be used against him. Hey, welcome to the fam True Crime with Natasha Cooper. Everybody give True Crime with Natasha Cooper a big, warm welcome. We're going to a big, warm Southern welcome. We are going to be talking about... um trafficked children over on her true crime channel so if you're not subscribed um, i'm sure one of the mods can get her link and put it up there if you like raw true crime then natasha's your girl all right so let's continue so natasha i don't know if you heard that but barry was watching youtube videos in which people suggested that he not talk because anything could be used against him. I thought that was interesting. So Grusing told Nielsen, Barry said he wanted immunity in case someone falsely convicted him. During the interview, Barry indicated he took Suzanne for granted. Questioning then turned towards cash in a safe. During a March 3rd interview, Barry claimed that he had 70 to 80,000 in the safe and said he put cash in different containers in the safe. He said people should have to work to find things and that if the cash was missing, then either the police took it or Suzanne took it. Hey, Colorado Crime Con, thanks for coming in. Oh, there's... Is that uh, Natasha's link? All right, so the discussion then turned to chlorine. Barry Morphew reportedly said during a March 3rd interview, officials asked about it, but Barry said he had no idea that he had bleach in his room.
He told investigators that he thought it maybe came from the pool. And we heard on Monday that it did. Well, it could have because the pool was located right below his room. So according to the hotel person, that that pool was right below Barry's room. But they're not sure because of COVID if it was full or not. I don't know. That doesn't seem to be too hard to figure out if they had the pool full of water or not during COVID. Because someone's taking care of that hotel pool. So I would think that could be quickly resolved. So after that, during that line of questioning, Nielsen went through multiple points. The fact that multiple dogs didn't smell anything. And that Barry searched for Suzanne when she was missing for months. Covering about 200 square miles, searching for her, along with a man named George Davis. When officials asked Barry what happened to Suzanne, investigators claim he said, I think she left. So who's George Davis? One of his buddies? I've never heard that name before. Yeah, why? Did, I don't know why he had that much cash in a safe, but if I had cash like that, I wouldn't keep it all in the bank either. I'd have some in a damn safe too. I wish I had that kind of money to throw in a safe. Shoot. Grusing told the court that Barry confessing to his daughters about Suzanne's affair was the hardest thing he's ever done. So when did Barry confess to his daughters that Suzanne was having an affair? This is okay. I'm missing this. I'm missing something here. Grusing told the court that Barry confessing to his daughters about Suzanne's affair was the hardest thing he's ever done. Did they say when? Did they say when he found out that she was having an affair? Because if he knew for sure, then this makes this case a little different. But I was under the impression he didn't know. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Lindsay. We haven't gotten through. What, Anna? Stop. Do not. Are you kidding me? I'm not, I'm not a mod in here. Can someone delete that comment about Summer Wells, please? What's wrong with people? It's okay, Bella. Come on in. Okay, so he didn't find out till March after she was gone. <clears throat> right, Natasha? Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take it. Just take it from me right now. In redirect, DA Jeff Lindsay questioned if Macy, one of Suzanne's daughters, knew that her mother was going to leave Barry. In text to Sheila, Suzanne wrote that Macy suggested that they could move to Salida, Salida, and get jobs and even suggested a restraining order. Ooh. Okay, so Macy, I don't know if she's the older one. I think she's the older one. Not positive, though. So Sheila is Suzanne's friend. And Suzanne told Macy, or Suzanne told Sheila 
that Macy suggested that they could move to Salida, Salida, God, why can't I get that right? And get jobs and even suggested a restraining order. And then it goes on to say, quote, Macy assured me it would be fine. What? And then Macy wrote to Suzanne, allegedly, this is not fact, why don't you do it without telling him? And at one point, Macy allegedly got so fired up that she told Barry to leave Suzanne alone. No, Candy. Mm -mm. The hearing moved on to the issue of Barry striking Suzanne. Grusing says that says there was such an incident, but that Barry said it was an accident where he apparently clipped the side of her nose with his hand. Likely story. Lindsay then questioned Grusing on when law enforcement knew when to first start looking for Suzanne's bicycle, to which Grusing responded that it happened when Jean Ritter called. Jeannie Ritter. She was told by Barry to look for the missing bike. With that final question, the people rested in the preliminary hearing of Barry Morphew. Hmm. That's it for the for the prosecution. Mm. Okay, so then the defense called Chaffee County Sheriff Deputy Scott Himshoot to stand to the stand to discuss the gun safe, in which empty tranquilizer carts and a dark gun were found inside. Body camera video is then shown, which shows the search of a laundry room. Nielsen then asks Himshoot if one of the deputies found anything in the dryer. Himshoot responds, saying the deputy didn't find anything in the dryer, but they were assigned to swab the dryer after it was quote-unquote blue-starred. A second body camera-worn video is shown in court. Video appears to show a cap from one of the tranquilizer dart guns, which appears to not have been fired. Nielsen asked him shoot if he made the determination that the gun had not been fired for a long time. There is an objection and the court takes a break. After the morning break, the defense calls on CBI agent Je Joseph Cahill, who is questioned by defense attorney Iris Eiton about unknown DNA found in Suzanne's car glove box. That information is in the arrest affidavit, which remains sealed. Barry was excluded from the DNA mixture, which also found unknown DNA on the bike grips. Were you aware of DNA results that were found? Eaton asked Cahill. He responds, I don't recall. Eaton, res e Eaton responds, lab results indicate there's unknown male DNA on the bike grips, which do not belong to Barry Morphew. Eaton then reads from the lab report and says the prison DNA data system, CODIS, returned three confirmed matches from the glove box to other unsolved sexual assaults from out of state. What? The hell? I wonder what state. 
if they're matching this DNA to like criminals or I mean I don't get it it's unsolved okay hold up so this DNA matches other women in other states who were also assaulted but they weren't killed right this is just sexual assault DNA from okay this is what I'm gathering victims had their you know examination and there was DNA taken from those uh sexual assault victims and that DNA matches the shit that was in her glove box what the heck wait here we go let me go backwards let's read this through in its entirety Eaton responds, lab results indicate there's unknown male DNA on the bike grips, which do not belong to Barry Morphew. Eaton then reads from the lab report and says the prison DNA data system, CODIS, returned three confirmed matches from the glove box to other unsolved assaults from out of state. Cahill says that the information in the report is true. One of the sexual assaults occurred outside a convenience store in Tempe, Arizona, and another in Phoenix. The judge then overrules an objection, reminding the courtroom that the defense is allowed to question. Further, in a proof evident presumption great hearing. Wait, the judge then overrules an objection, reminding the courtroom that the defense is allowed to question further. In a proof evident presumption great hearing. Cahill then agrees the assault happened outside a convenience store. Eaton then pounds on the fact that there was a match between unsolved sexual assault and DNA found on Suzanne's glove box. She then brings up another match with the glove box DNA and an unsolved sexual assault in Chicago. Cahill explains he didn't know about these findings when they came in because he was on military leave from March to May 10th. On a redirect, prosecutor Mark Hurlbert reminds the court that Barry Morphew's, Barry Morphew's DNA was on the bike seat and in Suzanne's car. He then shifts gears from where Morphew's DNA was not found to where it was found. Then the court took a lunch break. I gotta switch names on here. So we are at lunch break right now, guys. Yeah, I mean, everything here, okay, he has, there's no evidence really against him, but could he have hired someone? I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, why is the same DNA in these different cities?
Yeah, the bike handles. Whew. Okay, so we're going to come back from lunch. And there is some back and forth as Mark Hurlbert starts asking CBI agent Joe Cahill questions related to the DNA. The defense objects as Cahill is not a forensic scientist. The court moves on to discuss the prison DNA database CODIS. After much talk about the unknown DNA on Suzanne's bike and car, questioning ends for the day. Judge Patrick Murphy says there have been 20 hours of testimony and he's taken 25 pages of notes. It's now time for him to decide whether to bind Barry Morphew over for trial. We are urging the court to rule on the proof evident today so that Mr. Morphew doesn't have to continue to sit in jail. Nielsen says, standing up. Judge Murphy says he'd rather make the decision correctly rather than too quickly. So an in-person hearing where attorneys will make further arguments for their case will take place on September 17th at 1.30 p.m. Judge Murphy will make this ruling whether to proceed to a trial thereafter or whether to let Morphew get out on bond. The arrest affidavit in the case, which has remained sealed, will also be addressed. Let's hope on September the 17th at 1.30 p.m. the judge orders the arrest affidavit unsealed. Well, Candy, his DNA is on her seat of her bike. His DNA is in her car, which I would expect. I definitely think the judge will bind it over. Now, a trial will be another story. A jury will be another story. Because, unless they have something really big, but... Oh, shoot. Sorry about that. Um... Hold on. <laughs> it was the birthday boy. I'm like, sorry, I'm live. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to have to wait now till September 17th to find out what's going to go on. But I do think that they will bind him over. What are you guys' thoughts? I mean, what what do you think is the most damning evidence that they that the prosecution has in this prelim? What do you think was the the most damning thing they had on Barry? I mean, I don't think it's the the dart cap. Where is Georgia Dog? Is he in here?
Tammy says, I want to see the damn spy pen. Well, it, it does seem like a long time away, September the 17th, but... That's not that far, really. It'll be here before we know it. It's just everything has been so delayed, but we do have um, Megan Firamuska is in court in November. So hopefully that will start picking up some speed as well. But the spy pen you guys think was was the biggest? The broken door frame? <sighs> yeah. Was the door frame, though, I mean, can they prove that it was broken it wasn't broken prior to Mother's Day weekend. That's what I'm wondering. No, my son Ryan. No, I said in the beginning it was my son Ryan's 23rd birthday. So I was giving him a happy birthday. Stacy W. thinks he did it, but not sure that they have enough on him. Okay, Terry Furman, the fact that he washed the clothes he had on and the sheets and the darts plug. Previous owners said, see, look at, Sarah says prior owners said damage wasn't there. Whitney says previous owners said door frame was already broken. So we don't know. We got to wait for facts, y'all. That's why I want the, that's why I want to see the affidavit. We can't, we don't know. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think anybody can know right now. Aw, Tammy, happy birthday to your 14-year-old. What if she was, though, Stacy? I mean, stranger things have happened. I just, I mean, I don't know if I believe that, but the fact that her and her boyfriend were talking about moving to Ecuador... I mean, everybody, for all intents and purposes, has been saying she's all about her kids. She's all about her kids. Why would she move to Ecuador? I'm not saying she wasn't about her kids, but her kids are, like, grown. One's in college. What you don't know is it was caught on satellite imagery. Nothing makes sense, right? What? What, Brent? Strange trash dump. Okay, but could you ever... But they talked about it, Gabriel. Like, it's in their text messages. It's a fact. Maybe Jeff Liebler or Leibler bailed. Maybe he'd change his mind. Maybe he saw the media hype and was like, oh, there goes our plan. You never knew. I'm not here to prove the case either way. I'm just here to talk about it. <laughs> Mm 
Barry got his ass kicked that day trying to save her defensive wounds. Wait, Brent, what are you saying? So you're saying a satellite picked up what? Suzanne? I don't agree. If she wanted to get away from Barry, I don't think it would. she would need the man to leave. Oh, I cannot imagine what Jeff's wife is going through. I don't really care what he's going through, but his wife? Oh. That has got to be a tough situation. Tough situation for her and their children. What a jerk. How hurtful. But you know what? That's why you don't cheat. Because you never know. You never know what can happen. I think it'll definitely go to trial, you guys. And it will be interesting to see what else the prosecution has in this case. But it looks like we're going to be idle until after Labor Day. She is losing her freaking mind. Everyone knew but her. Who? I think the gone girl is far-fetched. But Sarah, seriously, I mean, you can get fake IDs. And if you really want to disappear, you can. Especially if you have the money to do so. And um, if, it's, if they had 80K in a safe and it was gone, I mean, that's plenty of money to start a new life. You could start a new life on that. Especially if you're moving to a country where it doesn't cost anything hardly to live. I don't know. Well, we don't know. The, the prosecution might have some bigger stuff. So that would come out in trial. Right now, they just need to show enough just to, just to hold it over. Not to be stable, but if you go live in a poor country, 80K is a hell of a lot of money. Hell of a lot. A lot. But I don't think that she was flying to Ecuador in May of 2020. I don't think that we were flying. I think there was a ban to leave the country, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I mean, we don't know. We don't know. We'll have to wait for the facts. Wait for the facts. We'll find out. <laughs> All right, you guys. I got other stuff that I have to work on. So thank you for joining me today for the preliminary preliminary hearing, tongue-tied, of day four of Barry Morphew in Chaffee County, Colorado. We'll be back with Barry Morphew September 17th at 1.30 p.m. In the meantime, make sure that you have clicked your notification bell so you get all your notifications when I go live or when I release a video. So everybody, have a great rest of your Wednesday. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. I hope everybody is healthy and that you stay that way.
See you guys soon. Stay up.